and Rolling Wild. Coming up next on Rolling Wild, it's me, Sam Dietz. Welcome back to Rolling Wild. I am super, super excited today to have Samuel Dietz, or Sam, as he is affectionately known. Sam is a creative director at Powerhouse Animation Studios in Austin, Texas, a wonderful, fantastic animator, and the director of this little show you might know. Uh, I think it's called Castlevania, Sam. Is that what it's called? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Castlevania. Oh, okay. So Castlevania <laughs> on Netflix. Um, Sam was nice enough to carve some time out of his super busy jammed schedule. He's in the office right now. Um, but he's taken some time to chat with us here on Rolling Wild. So Sam, thank you so much for joining me and uh, the Rolling Wild fam today. Ah, uh, howdy. Hey, everyone. <laughs> yeah, Sam's in Texas. So howdy. Oh, yeah. I drop a lot of howdies <laughs> and y'alls. I'm sorry. Excellent. Okay, so I guess the first question that I want to ask you is how you got started in animation. Oh, um, well, it, it's a it's kind of a long story, but um, I went to when I went to school, I was kind of hopping around between a, a few different things. Just that I knew I wanted to be an artist, and I knew uh, uh, I wanted to do something with that. Uh, but I uh, I decided that I. I wanted to try out a bunch of different stuff. Uh, so I, you know, I did illustration for a little bit in school and uh, I, I dabbled in 3D. I didn't really care for that too much, but um, right around the time that I was trying to figure out my stuff, uh, I, I tried out 2D animation and uh, I really fell in love with it. And uh, so I, uh, I focused on that for a while and I found out about uh, Powerhouse Animation Studios and thought, oh, you know, maybe I'll do an internship there and see what happens. And uh, so I, I contacted them and uh, I got a, a little internship back when they, the studio was much smaller. And uh, ever since the studio has just been, you know, uh, I, I started out off as like the eighth person. Uh, here and uh, the studio just kept growing and growing uh, uh, from there and I, I, I kind of um, it grew with me and I grew with it is the best way I can put it so um, it uh, was just that, like kind of a great fit for me to uh, be able to develop with uh, uh, you know this small studio and um, also kind of shape it at the same time and uh, so um, I, I did a whole bunch of different stuff as an animator, uh, starting off doing, uh, uh, you know, for uh, uh, a long time, the uh, big thing that I was working on was doing cutscenes for video games. So, uh, you know, it, it was like Epic Mickey and uh, DC Universe Online and Darksiders 2 and stuff like that, doing uh, uh, everything from uh, some of it was uh, fully 2D animated uh, uh, hand-drawn stuff for Epic Mickey, uh, motion comics for DC Universe Online, uh, you know, uh, uh, storyboards for the 3D cutscenes in Darksiders 2, uh, like all that kind of stuff was uh, uh, what I was doing for, you know, many years until, uh, you know, Castlevania came along. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's a great segue. How how is it that Castlevania kind of came into the picture? How did that work out? Uh, it's it's kind of funny. What happened was uh, Adi Shankar he, he put out a post, uh, you know, years ago, uh, years mm -hmm. before the show even started, saying that uh, the uh, the project was going to be 
uh, that he was involved with the project and stuff. And um, I had known about their desire to do a, a 2D animated, uh, well, back in the day, in the mid 2000s, it was a, a direct DVD. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I'm a big Castlevania fan. So me and Adam were both like really excited about that. And uh, uh, we, I had the website uh, that they originally uh, had up and every uh, few weeks I'd go and refresh it and then you know nothing would happen and then that turned into a few months I would re- refresh it and nothing happened and then once uh, a year or so I'd refresh it until oh. the, the website went down I was like well I guess this isn't happening the heart <laughs> uh, and then that post came out from Addy Shankar and I was like ah oh, and you know back in the mid 2000s I, I was just barely getting started and I was just like I was a fan that was excited but mm-hmm. when Addy made that post you know I, I was a little bit uh, more developed as an artist and a little bit more confident uh, I had a, uh, a bit more of a portfolio than I did back then and I was like well shit that sounds like something that'd be really fun so <laughs> I told uh I told Brad, uh, hey, uh, and I didn't really expect anything to come up if I told him, uh, hey, uh, we should uh, we should work on that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Brad uh, happened to know some folks, uh, knew some folks who knew some folks, and uh, he kind of set up a couple of initial calls and, and all that stuff. And uh, that got us... Uh, the opportunity to sort of uh, pitch ourselves as the studio to, to work on the show. That's uh, amazing. And it's a great argument for timing being everything. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because if it really had gotten going when you were checking the website and just wanting to see it made as a fan, mm-hmm. you know, you were saying you, you weren't necessarily ready at the place in your career that you were to, to be a part of something like that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely not. So I think... <laughs> It's a great argument for it happened when it needed to happen, because mm-hmm. I know that it was with Kevin over at Frederator for the longest time. And I know Warren had um, started working on the script long before this this ever became a twinkle in Netflix's eye. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the thing I really appreciate from it is just it happened when it needed to happen, because I can't imagine it not being at Powerhouse. <laughs> and I know that so many people... One, just the the reception that this got right after season one and especially after season two, but just how much people wanted this and how perfect it was that it ended up there with you guys at Powerhouse, with you and Adam and everyone who worked on this. Oh, thank um, you very much. It really is so fantastic. And, and and it's such an honor for me to be a part of it and work with, with such talented people like you guys. And I think you know that that is from the bottom of my heart. I totally feel that way. Uh, Thank you. It is absolutely wonderful to work with you as well, of course. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That being said, I guess it's really just evident that the team behind it were just as big fans of the property as the people that get to enjoy it now. Yeah. uh, I mean, that, and I I think that was... um, you know, uh, or, or uh, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think that was a big selling point when we were first going in and, uh, uh, you know, pitching ourselves to work on the show, uh, which is that we knew and understood the games. We loved mm-hmm. the uh, art style from the uh, uh, the games. We, um, you know, we we kind of went in with that uh, uh, vision and understanding and um, and also with that kind of that desire to tell 
the story the way that uh, you know we, we felt like it deserved to be told. And uh, you know, at, at the time, you know, video game adaptations have been struggling a little bit with uh, right. uh, being able to uh, tell a story from a game without you know s- sort of mucking things up by uh, you know trying to over-reference the fact that it's a video game or to under-reference what the uh, original games were all about or uh, that sort of thing. And uh, really, you know, we we just wanted to take this this universe and uh, these characters and all that kind of stuff and just tell a good story with it uh, uh, without getting, you know, caught up in all those things. And I think that that really came across and the fact that, you know, I think it probably helped a bit that we'd been working in the the game industry for a while uh and so that it it was just uh again another just funny little thing about how uh uh, all those little things that you don't really see where it's adding up to uh uh, like working in video games for uh years and years happened to be sort of the perfect fit for getting us into uh, uh you know doing this very specific kind of thing as well yeah Definitely right place, right time. Mm-hmm. And I think throughout the project from the top down and everywhere in between, it was just so evident how much everyone involved really, truly respected the source material mm-hmm. and wanted to do the best they could with that. Um, and I know Warren, uh, like me, never played the games. Yeah. But he, he did such due diligence getting Honestly. this all together. Honestly, I'm a, I was I was amazed at uh, how uh, much he was pulling just like even little things from the source material mm-hmm. that uh, I I wouldn't have expected. Uh, you know, I, uh, I I I wouldn't have uh, been certain that uh, you know he would have decided to, uh, for example, in season two, uh, uh, bring up Leon Belmont uh, and all that, <laughs> this kind of stuff, um, and. Uh, sure enough, he did. And, you know, there's <laughs> more of that st- that kind of stuff to to come. He just did a really great job of doing his his homework. Yeah, definitely. And, and the thing I love, again, not not being someone who grew up with the games, is that everything is introduced in such a way that you can enjoy it even if you weren't a part of this this space before. Mm-hmm. And also, nothing felt gimmicky. Nothing was just tossed in for the sake of of pandering and being like, oh, we know about this thing Mm -hmm. or you know it was it all felt incredibly organic to the story and all of it aided in the larger storytelling that happened yeah yeah i I appreciate you saying that because we're we're, that's something we're always uh uh you know very mindful of is that whenever someone is like uh trying to um force something in i guess uh uh, just for the sake of like having you know a, a little game reference or something like that it's like uh, you know, no, no, we don't want to. We don't necessarily want to to do that. It's like if it if it works, if it fits, that's cool. The fans will, right. will get it. Um, we don't want it to be a reference that uh, doesn't make sense for people who aren't fans. Uh, it's just like, oh, if it if it happens to be there for the fans, cool. Um, and uh, uh, but it's uh, it was never something that we wanted to uh, you know really uh, uh, force in or. Uh, again, make feel like it's make anything feel like it's too uh, too video gamey. You know, we're just we wanted to tell the story with the characters in the universe, and not necessarily make it feel like it's uh, a video game. And I think that's the difference 
and I can't say this with any certainty because it's not like I've seen every video game adaptation out there. <laughs> but um, I think the difference there is that it wasn't approached as a video game property that we're showing in a different medium. It was uh-huh. very much focused on the story and the characters that this world brought because there was such a rich source material there uh-huh. um, across all the games, which is one of the things that I definitely learned in this process was that there was so much great storytelling material, and the focus of that was just telling a great story, and it happened to be the story of Castlevania. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, uh, just like I said, Warren uh, uh, went through all that uh, uh, that homework, did all that research, and did he, uh, a really great job of picking and choosing the things that worked for telling a story like this, and then, you know, knowing when to set aside the things that weren't going to work, that sort of stuff. So my next question going off of that is how, so you pitched yourself, you guys got the gig, then how does the ball start rolling? You know, do, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Well, walk me through what that was like. Oh, geez. Um, (laughs) It's been, it's been a few years now. That's, uh, uh, it's kind of crazy to think that far back. I I was digging through some uh, uh, old files recently and then, uh, I came came across a, an old sketchbook that oh my gosh it it's got to be you know four three or four years old now uh, I forget how long <laughs> but uh, back when the conversations about this first started uh, I had done a handful of sketches and I was like oh my gosh I can't believe it. I found like some of the first sketches of uh, uh, you know Trevor and Sypha and stuff it's really funny <laughs> um, but uh, after we we pitched ourselves and uh, uh, and everything the uh it, we had to hit the ground running pretty quickly <laughs> uh yeah. netflix had a, a a certain time that they wanted uh the show to be released and uh um the you know we, the scripts had more or less been uh written at for the those four four there's those uh first four episodes mm-hmm. and um so the first thing i had to do is just try to figure out the designs for these characters and figure out the uh the look of this world and all that kind of stuff. And we had a, a pretty good idea of how we wanted things to look. You know, we wanted it to fit the uh, dark fantasy vibes of, uh, uh, you know, a lot of older anime that uh, uh, we haven't seen in a long time. And mm-hmm. uh, like Berserk and like uh, Vampire Hunter D, Bloodlust and all that kind of stuff. Those are all like little uh, reference points in the back of our heads uh, uh, getting started. And uh, then obviously we wanted to uh, have some level of reference of, um, Ayami Kojima's work, who is yes. uh, the uh, uh, main artist for Castlevania for a number of years, and it um, we played around with style, with character designs and stuff for a bit, but uh, there it, it was uh, there's a little bit of a, uh, I guess a struggle at the beginning to figure out you know how far can we push the detail levels and stuff like that? Do we need to try and bring that in so that it's going to be animation friendly and whatnot? And eventually, that Belmont crest, it, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> it, believe me, uh, I, I'm still kicking myself to this day. Uh, <laughs> we, we, uh, we were uh, kind of concerned about that. Eventually, though, you know, we just felt like the show didn't look the way that it needed to look unless it had that those kind of complicated designs. Yes. Um, and so it, we, uh, we landed on that. And um, uh, I, I remember there was just like a handful of sketches of uh, Trevor uh, that were kind of like the thing that uh, uh, I was like, okay, 
it, it finally clicks. And I sent it over to Kevin and Addie and they're like, yeah, that that's, that's it. Like that's, that's, it. that's clicking. And, um, I, that was kind of like the big turning point was when we finally got the, like this, uh, I, I was, I remember getting frustrated cause I just wasn't getting Trevor, uh, for a little while. Mm-hmm. And, uh, one night I just sat down and, uh, uh, spent hours and hours and hours just doing a bunch of sketches of all the characters. And, uh, suddenly something clicked with Trevor and that, that was, um, that the whole Pretty much that night, uh, that night was what uh, set the tone for the, the look of the whole show, and finally things like started rolling. Um, so that was kind of like like the big thing that we had to figure out uh, was getting the style of the show down at the very beginning, um, and uh, it was kind of going on in conjunction with kind of needing to dive into the storyboards and everything uh, too. But mm-hmm. uh, the uh, uh, our process was a lot different back then. It's a lot more efficient now, uh, but uh, we we kind of had a, a rough idea of what each location uh, was going to look like. Uh, we had a rough idea of what the characters were going to look like and all that kind of stuff. And started diving into those uh, those scripts and uh, uh, storyboarding the uh, the heck out of things and uh, figuring out how to uh, tell this story. And uh, I remember the very first thing I storyboarded. Uh, was uh, Lisa uh, entering uh, Dracula's castle at the beginning of uh, uh, season one. And uh, I boarded the whole thing and I was kind of like, something doesn't feel quite right, but you know, I'll, I'll just send these thumbnails out to the producers. And Kevin was like, that's not it. And I was like, yeah, you're right. That's <laughs> <laughs> this, this isn't right yet. So uh that weekend I redid the the whole thing from the ground up and uh, uh, we got uh, came back and it was like, all right, there we go. <laughs> uh, it was a, a, a very different, uh, uh, it, 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 sometimes you just have to kind of take your work and uh, toss it out and not really uh, uh, get too hung up on, on something, know when to, you know, throw out your work and, and start over. Uh, so that was, you know, that was definitely at the time where we were trying to figure out the vibe of the show and stuff. And, um, it, uh, it kind of just, uh, helped to get one, uh, take of things uh, out of the way and, and be like, and know what not to do before getting into, uh, what uh, ended up being more of the, the actual uh, proper tone of, of the show. I mean, it's an important part of the process, right? You learn what you don't like and it helps solidify what, what feels right. Mm-hmm. So I guess where, because the parts that I'm involved with are very small and nuclear and, and you know, I do my short thing and the rest of us, we, we come in and it's all very disjointed and a lot of the times we're not recording dialogue together. Um, and then it goes off and disappears for a while. So so where, I guess, where did casting and and actors come into this because I know you had the ball rolling, you had to get the character designs down and start boarding everything. So how involved were you with the casting and actor side of things, and where did that come in? Well, uh, a great deal of that 
uh, honestly, is handled by Meredith and, and right. uh, Kevin on their uh, side of things. And uh, Meredith just... Just does... to jump in and give some context for, for everyone. Um, so Meredith, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meredith Lane is our amazing casting director and our voiceover director. Uh, and she's there in the booth with us through the whole process. And she's... I can't say enough fantastic things about Meredith. She's amazing. She is such a master of what she does. She really is. Um, and Kevin's fantastic. And, and you, th- you know, you see him back there all brooding and quiet. <laughs> and he's hilarious. <laughs> and so, yeah, it really is a big team. But, yeah, I wanted to know just how involved you were with them on, on that process. So, uh, uh, if at all. with, with uh, season one, I wasn't directly involved with the, the casting process. That was pretty much all handled uh, with uh, uh, Kevin and Meredith and the, uh, Addie and Warren. Uh, on their side of things mm-hmm. so actually casting the show uh, I, I got to throw in my two cents here and there uh, I remember hearing uh, some of the uh, uh, auditions for uh, I never actually got to hear any of the other auditions for Cypher uh, I only got to hear yours uh, but I, I think that uh, you know uh, when you know who who to pick, you know you know who to who to pick you know so <laughs> the uh, the um, but I did get to hear some of the other auditions for some of the other characters, and I, I threw in my two cents uh, here and there. But uh, honestly, like uh, um, the the uh, folks that we we happened to get were just amazing and uh, like perfect for these roles, and so it, we just didn't. Uh, I I didn't feel like I was really left out. I was, I felt like uh, Meredith just did an amazing job of uh, finding the right folks for these roles, and and. Uh, uh, you know, I, I got to just uh, hang, hang back and uh, see the magic happening uh, from my end of things. I mean, you were busy enough as it is, Sam. So yeah, it's, <laughs> we'll it's, let it sure. slide. <laughs> <laughs> so then at what point in in animation and storyboards and everything did the actual voice actors come in? How much? Because I know a fair bit of season one was actually completed um, pre-voice. Yeah being introduced into it so at what point did that come in and did you have because you've been storyboarding mm-hmm. all of this you have a pretty clear I would think image of what's happening and what you want at this point mm-hmm. and so how did uh, that all come into the sessions and and getting kind so, of what you needed out of the actors the way that we've actually approached things has uh, shifted a little bit since season one uh, so with season one we jumped into the storyboards and storyboarded a large portion of uh, things before uh, the actors actually started to come in mm-hmm. uh, and that was uh, 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 wh- what I felt was that uh, you know y'all are all bringing uh a great deal to the storyboarding just through your performances and uh, in, in the what I uh, started to find when uh, we started to uh, get the uh, these recordings in and we started to get all, all y'all uh, coming in and, and uh, doing these these amazing performances is that we were getting better we were doing better work when we had those performances before we went in and started to storyboard mm-hmm. things that wasn't always possible there was times where we just had to get started and and uh, uh then go back and retroactively uh, adjust things but the uh uh fact was that you know the uh 
the more that we could get those recordings before we started, uh, the better uh, work that we could do because it just uh, it shaped how we uh, really uh, uh, storyboard these things. That's that's been a thing for uh, in uh, animation for a long time, especially uh, here in uh, the U.S. You know the the uh, approach is typically to get the scripts, do the recordings, and then storyboard to that. Um, right. Uh, whereas, uh, you know, you might see in, uh, in a lot of anime, uh, uh they, it's actually the other way around. They actually animate mm-hmm. like the whole thing <laughs> a lot of times. And then <laughs> their voice actors come in and, uh, do their, uh, their reads based on that. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's different. It's just, a, it, it works out, uh, uh, great for them. But, uh, what I, I, I just really find is that, uh, I, I like to lean on those performances and, uh, get something uh, out of it and it, it can shape change and shape uh, the way that I feel uh, uh, something should should look and feel uh, based on you know what you guys are are doing so um, you know uh, I uh, uh, I I like that approach uh, you know I, I'll have a vision for uh, what I, I see when I first uh, read through the scripts and everything but uh, honestly I, I like to you know, not get too attached to some of those things because uh, I, uh, I, I kind of like to see what y'all bring to the table, and because uh, uh, really all of you are, uh, you're all storytellers, uh, and that uh, uh, I, I, I feel like uh, you know I like to to really uh, see what how you guys feel uh, something should uh, come about and try to uh, uh, you know see how you you interpret uh uh you know warren's words and uh and they go from there and i think that's the beautiful thing about this whole process is how incredibly collaborative it's been mm-hmm. um i don't think there's been a single person that's been super tied to to any one thing i know that the the general vision came together and, and people have been pretty um faithful to that mm-hmm. but even in the whole process even warren has um had very little ego about it i don't know if that's the right word but um like everyone it feels very much like yeah just do whatever is best for the story do whatever is best for the character uh you know even for me getting a script and reading through it like you said i can you know i see it one way but you don't really attach yourself to any one vision of it or read because you get in the booth and um you know i'll have richard on the line and and things things just happen when you're reading with another live human being yeah <laughs> Oh, basically over the phone, I guess. So sort of live. Um, but, you know, a lot just happens in that process or Meredith will say something and it's like, I hadn't even thought about that, you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, and then also not having a vision of of what you saw or what you um, when you're storyboarding things or putting that together. And, you know, you'll pop on the line and be like, OK, I need a little bit of this or I need a little bit of that um, to kind of guide where everything is going. Yeah. You know, my, my job uh, in those recordings, a lot of time, it's uh, uh, it's less about telling y'all how to uh, uh, do what you guys already know uh, uh, how to do best and more about just giving you context uh, and making sure that you know about uh, X, Y, and Z uh, uh, or, you know, if it looks like you're... Uh, uh, you may not be aware of uh, this thing that happened over here, but that would affect how you might uh, uh, end up um, uh, performing the character. And that, uh, but from there, I mean, uh, 
y'all know how how to uh, tell your tell your story. So uh, I, my my main thing is just making sure that uh, we're we're uh, checking checking off everything and making sure that uh, uh, it's uh, understandable uh, how something is being performed. But really, uh, the uh, y'all are all doing uh, just such amazing work as far as uh, understanding the the characters and. Uh, why they would uh, uh do this and that to where you know and i'm i'm in those recordings and uh uh i i don't end up having to do all too too much just make sure that uh i'm getting everything that i need and uh, uh i'm good y'all are just uh, uh knocking everything out of the park from there <laughs> <laughs> well thank you that that's um that's really nice of you to say at least on my my part because i know that you know especially the one time that I got to actually work with James and Richard in person, seeing their process too is just amazing. Oh, and that was, that was so fun. That was just the funnest recording session. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a phenomenal cast, um, especially once you start getting into season two, right? We introduced all these new characters. For mm -hmm. me, looking at the call sheet or seeing, you know, the characters and the, the name of the actor who was going to be playing them. Like that was a ton of fun for me. Oh yeah. I felt like I was right there with everyone else just a few months, uh, you know, in advance of the fans being like, Oh my gosh, it's this person or it's that person. <laughs> um, so it's been a ton of fun to basically be a fan on the inside. Uh, I, I'm really looking forward to uh, when we do get to start announcing the, uh, the cast of season three. I don't know how far oh, that my is, goodness. but uh there's there's some wonderful people and I just can't I can't wait uh, for everyone to get to to dive into that. <laughs> so you've had to get really good at keeping secrets on this job, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been used to it. You know, like I said, I worked on video games for a long time, and it takes right. it takes a lot longer for a video game to come out. So this is really not that bad. So by then you've even <laughs> forgotten, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, the. Uh, uh, there was definitely some times where, you know, I worked on a game and then, uh, uh, you know, a, a couple of years later, it actually comes out. And I was like, oh, right. We worked on that, didn't we? <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> so, who's the Sam Dietz? This guy sounds really familiar. <laughs> actually, I want to go back to one thing that you said was that uh, a lot of it is giving context and making sure you get what you need. So how... In your head, I guess, going through this process, do you start cataloging what it is you need? Because, you know, a lot of times you'll say, OK, we just need some sounds for our library. Right. We need some efforts. We need some some impact grunts. We need some running. Mm -hmm. So how has honestly being on the side where you storyboard and you kind of know in your head, OK, I'm going to need how, how does that come into play? How do you figure out what it is you're going to need? Well, uh, a lot of it, especially when it comes to uh, stuff like the, the efforts and, and whatnot, uh, just comes down to having a, a general idea of how, because uh, you know it's it's difficult to uh, uh, you know completely visualize an action sequence uh, before it's mm -hmm. actually been uh, fully storyboarded. Uh, so right. you kind of just get a general idea of uh, you know uh, how long uh, uh, this is going to be going on and uh, uh, how much. Uh, uh, that character is going to be involved and then it's very generally asking for things that are going to uh, make sure that you're covered for all, all of those things uh, and do your best to get as much uh, material as you can to, to drop those things in and um, 
that's a uh, uh, that that is a little bit difficult to gauge as far as that's concerned. Uh, it's just like making sure that you have all of uh, uh, those things, and you know, you, you, the recording sessions are you know uh, they have us. We have a certain amount of time with y'all, and we don't want to uh, have right. y'all just. Uh, 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 <laughs> grunting for uh, uh, two straight hours or anything <laughs> like that. So uh, we just try to get to the uh, what we can to work with, and then uh, start dropping it in and everything like that. And every so often, we'll have to just uh, ask someone to come back because we didn't get enough uh, of this, or uh, okay. after we got in there, we decided to re-record that or uh, etc. But that's honestly been very rare uh, for this production. We yeah. usually have found. Uh, ways to work around things if uh, uh, we didn't get enough material for this or, um, you know, just generally we've, we've uh, gotten, uh, we, we've, we've done, a, uh, been pretty good about getting uh, everything that we need off of the recording sessions. Yeah. And that's why I asked just because my experience in the past with, with action sequences um, and doing records before animation is that you had to go back in to do ADR. Mm -hmm. And, and kind of fill in those gaps and those grunts and things. And I haven't had that on this. So it's kind of like, man, what is what is Sam's secret? How is it that he knows exactly what he's going to need? Uh, usually, we're, uh, I just kind of uh, uh, ask for a bunch of stuff and then uh, fi figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, one of my favorite um, <laughs> records was, uh, you know, we had Richard on the line. He was in London or in New York somewhere, you know, he's always, he's always traveling. And it was just a back and forth of like, okay, Alejandra, I need like three short grunts, three long grunts, and like, you know, three impact sounds. And then it's like, you go, you do your stuff like, ugh, 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 right? And you're just going through. And then it's like, all right, Richard, you do the same. And then you're just listening on the other side <laughs> to, to more of this just disembodied, like fighting yourself. <laughs> Okay, now you're running. Start hyperventilating. <laughs> <sighs> Where am I running? What's after me? I don't know. Just run. <laughs> oh, yeah. Those are always the funnest. Yeah. So that that's a ton of fun. I get to pretend I'm an action star. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the worst is when you have to, uh, you get one of those death screams and you have to make someone uh, scream really loud. <laughs> Luckily, I, uh, I haven't had to do oh, that yeah, yeah. yet. Yeah. Maybe. I don't yeah. know. Might come up. I don't know. <laughs> I'll start working on it. I'll start limbering up. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we typically, you know, the way that we're uh, figuring out to, uh, the the storyboards for action and all that kind of stuff, we just we we uh we can usually figure things out um, based on the library that we uh, we build with y'all and um, the uh, there's certain you know efforts and stuff that uh, just happen to come up a lot just to, uh, mm -hmm. you know, get a new round of that stuff uh, whenever an action scene comes around. And uh, uh, then it's sort of retroactively figuring it out. So I, I don't know if it's so much like I, I just have like a vision for all of this stuff as it is just like making sure we... Sam just has a vision, okay? <laughs> He's a visionary. Uh, I, I, mo mostly just making sure we're covering our bases and uh, 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 ahead of uh, uh, ahead of things and... Um, you know, we we don't we don't want to bug people too much and uh, uh, have have to have them come back and do a bunch of ADR. So we, we you know we just try to cover what we can and uh, 
if we feel like to we're... be fair i don't think it's bugging because that's a ton of fun. <laughs> yeah it, it, no definitely <laughs> as crazy <laughs> as it sounds it, that's so much fun <laughs> you're standing in one spot behind a microphone and you're having this whole intense battle by yourself <laughs> with no idea what's going to happen i remember seeing that sequence because you guys released it I hope you're enjoying this conversation as much as I did. I had so much fun chatting with Sam. And if you're ready to hear the rest of our conversation, you can do that. Head on over to part two. In the meantime, we'll call this one episode 107, Getting Lucky, Where Craft Meets Timing with Sam Dietz, part one.